0: i Something cool, something cool that has caught our attention. It's JTM. Welcome, everybody. to us dive right in.
1: Hi. <laughs> <laughs>
2: you got caught short there. I Mind did. you, I did too. I forgot to hit record. And oh, so wow. I'm just bopping along to the intro music because, you know, we've been told that maybe the intro's too long and that. But I love it. I love it. Do you it. know so, what?
1: I thought you were turning off the camera.
2: No, no, I, I was hitting them on record. <laughs>
0: Because I so suddenly realize weird. I'm like
2: I've hit the record over here. I've hit the intro because you're you're doing your your pre-app research quickly, and and then I'm like get to the end of it. It's like welcome everybody. Let's dive right in. I'm like oh shit! I haven't pressed record <laughs> on on the cameras, so we have got to do that. So be doos. <laughs> see, maybe it's the button pusher's job just to mess it up. I've been I've been pushing the buttons, and and you know,
1: yeah, because I can't be trusted with it, but clearly. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what are but, we talking about today boss
1: okay well look you by,
2: by that, actually we should introduce ourselves if you're a first side <laughs> to the podcast i'm john hellaby affectionately known as jh and,
1: and this I, is i'm sian how you doing i'm not gonna Welcome. say my last name because people just get stumped on sian let alone my last name yeah yeah
2: <laughs> yeah it's it's what a german castle or something like that isn't it like it's
1: no, Austrian. Austrian, cuss. Sorry, oh, Oof. Jesus. Oof. that was
2: a cardinal sin. Um, I'll I'll have to uh, make amends at the next family game night. Me re a re-education <laughs> process. Uh, what are we talking about we, today?
1: Okay, so <laughs> given the fact you can't say that you don't know because you're the one that actually printed up the run sheets. Yeah, but, I, sheet, but I've, I've but put
2: together like six run sheets this morning, so I can't remember which is, so is which.
1: Let's start at the beginning. Mm. Um, we have had print problems. Print problems being the fact that we have a new printer and don't have any <laughs> any new uh, ink for it. So yeah, it, ran
2: out, it ran out of black.
1: So he he's typed. We've,
2: we've ordered it online.
1: He, he's typed and then gone. Oh, that's right. Printer out of action. How we're going to do this? So, and uh, do you know what? You know, this any any hope this of us trying to pass
2: off being professional and organized is just out the window this at this point.
1: Particular topic. I I've read about it. I've heard people talking about it. But quite honestly, I don't watch free to air. So I'm just going off news articles that yep. pop up. Um, and it's the blocks disaster auction. Oh.
2: This has been all over social media the last couple of It has been,
1: but do you know what? Because I genuinely don't I, I don't care about the block the the actual series itself. <laughs> so and I know that there's going to be some people going, "How can you this work is, in the real estate industry and not, get, and not uh, yeah. be over this?" But it's just, you know, what because I'm actually over the whole uh, the, reality the whole TV thing. Um and then we'll be moving into Christmas gift list
2: cool because we can't print anything and you've got the laptop you're going to have to pull up the the google docs for the christmas list good luck with that we'll figure that one out later we we we, we'll get to that
1: yeah well you didn't say you didn't send that to me did you in (sighs) the you know good thing i've got
2: my phone here that i can i can do this (laughs) look at me getting in trouble we're only we're only four minutes into the app and i'm already in trouble um
1: all right, so let's let's. Um...
2: You've got a list there of the auction results from the block, though. I did give you that. Yes. So perhaps so cover off by to... setting those up.
1: Do we maybe need to go to the ad?
2: I suppose I suppose we should, um, but you know what? Let's let's just roll. Okay. We'll, we'll roll. Let's let's we'll... get into it. So let's give us the the uh, results from the block auctions that that happened in the last couple of weeks.
1: Okay, so you've got the key points here.
2: So, there should be results from the auctions there yes. on the list.
1: So, the first one is Stefan Gian mm-hmm. house four, sold for five mil. Reserve was 3,000, uh, sorry, 3,000, $3,350,000. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, the total profit was 1650000 plus Hundred thousand prize money for because they they won. Winning. They
2: like, I think they set a record or something too. Yep, yep.
1: So that's Stefan Gian. Mm-hmm. Then there was Eliza and Liberty, mm-hmm. and it sold for 4.3 mil. Yep, reserve was 3,250,000 mm-hmm. mm-hmm. with a total profit of 1,050,000. Then there was Christy and Brett. Sold for three million and thirty five. Reserve was two million nine hundred and seventy. Profit was sixty five thousand. And that was that
2: was the auction. That was a disaster. So we'll be talking about that one.
1: And Kyle and Leslie sold for three point one. Reserve was the same, so two mil Total profit was one hundred and thirty thousand. And then Leah. And Ash, the property was passed in and did not sell at auction, so there was zero profit.
2: Zero profit. So, I mean, they they just didn't sell, like they didn't sell the property. So, um, obviously, they'll sell. I imagine they'll sell after auction or, or whatever. But yeah. my
1: question is that this is where I do say, and this is the reason why it annoys me. I look at this and go, it's a television series. Who's not to say that they didn't purposely do that to have one? stashed in the side there so that they can do another post-production. Um, and, extend you know, and extend it out. And extended out. And, you know, these guys were just like, yeah, we don't mind folding here. We can milk it a little bit longer, blah, blah, blah. Yep. They're going to be making money.
2: I, um, I, I get that. So let's put that aside.
1: Yeah. Now, let's deal
2: with, we've just had five auctions on national TV. Because
1: I'm I'm looking at this going, how can you have a series where there is five different things and four of them sell and one do- doesn't? Like really?
2: Well, and, and that,
1: I'm looking at that going, that's bullshit. <laughs> Secondly, I get it. Let's second, put, and let's then, suspend then, disbelief but then for a I'm moment. I'm looking at the sixty-five thousand and going, hold on. If they've only got sixty-five thousand, and that's uh, that's, I'm guessing that is the one that. Everyone was just going, "WTF!"
2: Yeah, that's the one everyone's blowing up about. Because so, and, and it was it was incredibly poorly handled.
1: Okay, run, or at least it, run ap- it
2: appears it was incredibly poorly handled. So um, again, it could just be a the, stunt. Uh, absolutely, the it- the auctioneer revealed the reserve price. Um, the, you know started bidding early, or, or sorry, significantly lower than the reserve price, and so tiny incremental bids happened. Um, you know there was there was a lot of things that went wrong with that auction. And the strategy of I think it was Breton and Christie, um, it didn't play out, and and the the reports are the auctioneer didn't play to their strategy, didn't do what they were trying to do, didn't achieve what they were trying to achieve. What were
1: they were trying to achieve by? There wasn't really the public,
2: but but that's it. They didn't want to do that. The auctioneer chose to do that.
1: But does the, I didn't think that that was ever like? Do they normally do that?
2: Uh, it, again, it comes generally down to the auctioneer and what they decide is right in the moment, and clearly that wasn't wasn't right. But there's a much bigger problem that, that no one's looking at because it's not in the headlines here, right? You had two bidders, really. There were very few people participating in these auctions, and you only had two bidders. And so as a result, it, it becomes really difficult to create competition, which is what an auction process is about. And if you actually look in, one guy bought two or three of these properties. And so this creates a scenario where it's actually counter to the best interest of the sellers. Because the best interest of the sellers are served by creating competition. And when you have a limited buyer pool, because when selling by auction, you are selling unconditionally. So there's no finance clauses, no building permits, none of this. And I, and I get auction makes for fantastic TV. But when you're selling by auction, you are cutting out a mammoth part of the buyer pool. Now, no doubt, TV stations qualified every single buyer and has selected who can and can't be involved in this auction, right? Let's understand that, that the buyers that were there to engage in the auction have been vetted, have been filtered, and, and have been specifically selected, I can't imagine that it would have been a free for all. That the. Yeah, that there's just people they've gone. let's up let and yeah. Going, yeah. And, and like, registering. I just want to have right?
1: my, my couple of, minute, couple of minutes and, in And game.
2: Look, I get it. They're doing this for TV. So you've got to have villain stories. You've got to have all of that sort of stuff. But inadvertently, they have highlighted one of the biggest risks with auction. And please understand, I'm not anti auction. I'm not. It sounds like, and we've done a couple of episodes where I've, I've pulled it apart. I actually really like auction agents because when you open up the buyer pool and you give an auction agent the ability to have both unconditional and conditional buyers, that auction agent generally, like a good auction agent, knows how to create competition and absolutely dominates and creates an incredible position for the sellers. Yeah. Right? And Brett Andresen is a classic example of that. Um, and, and I've done interviews with him on how what his process is, even when he's selling via private treaty using digital offers and how he creates competition and creates an auction-like environment to foster that competition. Mm. But the fact that he's got conditional and unconditional buyers that he's able to put into the same pool, he's got access to 100% of the, the potential pool of buyers for that property yeah. because he's allowing unconditional buyers involved. The results he gets is, uh, are phenomenal. Yeah. He's got the training to build the competition, but he's got a big buyer pool to play with. And and I think this is what is really highlighted here. The buyer pool wasn't big to begin with because of the price of the properties. Yeah, Number one, right? We're talking two, three, $4 million properties, $5 million properties.
1: Well, given the fact that if it's the same person that is buying or has bought three of them, like, so that's nine, three. So this person had 12 mil to drop.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And look this uh, so
1: when you look at it, you're like, okay, if that person has twelve mil to drop, kudos to them to begin oh, 100%. with.
2: You you know but you know who it is. Who? It's linked to your your high school mate from memory, if I've if I've got this right, Willem Powerfish. You know how he's involved with the LMCT plus uh, raffle yeah, no, guys? No,
1: I, I went to school with his sister. Yeah. So school, but the LMCT
2: yes, plus um uh raffle guys who yeah. are always raffling luxury cars, cash, houses, all yeah. that. I believe that the guy who founded all that is the guy who bought like two or three properties. Cause I remember I don't reading. I think he's so,
1: actually associated with Willem.
2: Well, maybe he's not associated, but Willem's done some stuff with them. Right. In okay. in social media marketing yeah. and, and stuff like that. And like, because there was talk about him potentially raffling off one or two of the houses and he might keep one for himself. Like that's some of the narrative that's been in the media. Yeah. Right. So but that's the kind of buyer you're competing against in that market. Who is an unconditional buyer?
1: Yeah. Well, given the fact that it's actually part of his of their whole like the lottery system itself, like they're going to be making that money back anyway.
2: Yeah. And and so
1: so it's not it's not your true
2: it's not a true representation of an auction in that sense, but in the sense of having a limited buyer pool, yeah, it is absolutely highlighting one of the the downsides of auction. Mm. And the way to overcome that downside of auction is to run a digital offer platform type sale, yeah, uh, wherein you're able to create those auction-like conditions, but you're able to have conditional buyers and the, the seller doesn't have to choose the highest price. They can choose the one that, with the best conditions for them. Yeah. And that kind of scenario, for the average Joe like you and I who are looking to sell their house, is a significantly better scenario in my opinion because by increasing the buyer pool, you only give yourself a better chance to create competition. Competition gets you the result and the best option. Yeah. Whether whether it's the highest price that you want, whether it's that you're not worried about the price but you want the conditions that suit what you need for your next step in life, yeah, right. You create options by creating competition, yeah, and Could and I, and we just saw live on national TV that you are limited in the competition you can create.
1: Yes, but the other thing too is you know I like I just look at it and go that's all well and great that you've gone and dropped that and potentially going to be raffling off those other things it also isn't a true representation of the um like how successful auctions can be. Like the average Joe, run of the mill. I'm going to go and purchase a house for, or sell a house via auction. This type of thing because it is so manufactured.
2: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely
1: means that. You know, people are going to be looking at this going, oh, you know, look at that stupid amount of commission that you know those people have made and blah, blah, blah. uh, Like, great, yes, and again, it, uh, again... Can can
2: I just jump in? I need to pull you up on a point. Unless the auctioneer is also the agent, an auctioneer typically doesn't make a commission, they typically make a flat fee for auctioneering. Yeah. It's the agent who makes the commission. So if it's an auctioneer who is also the agent for the property, yes, there's commission involved if it's just an auctioneer the auctioneer just gets paid uh, a, usually a, a set fee. fee to rock up on the day and and be the voice essentially
1: yeah. okay but even still I'm just looking at it going, This is such a manufactured thing and not a true representation yeah, of the real estate 100%. Industry. And, and look the reason yeah, anywhere I've, in the nation.
2: I the reason I've jumped on it is because it's highlighted perfectly as much as it's manufactured, it's highlighted one of the risks of auction that the average Joe does face. Yeah. And that is the limited buyer pool. Yeah, and absolutely. we saw that play out in, in like we had one property that just did not well, have any excitement. We had one property that got passed 000. in. 60 yeah exactly 65,000 like, on a, on a $3 million property.
1: And, and given the fact that there is another property that had the same value it made 130,000.
2: Exactly, right? And,
1: and you can't even go oh look it's because it, like it's in the same block.
2: Yeah. And and now <laughs> and and now too like they've come out and there's been headlines and I haven't read the article because it's it's sensationalist and I try to avoid those. But the the headlines are talking about how uh, the, the, the contestants on the block are, are bagging out the agent um, and the auctioneer, like, it, it could be a terrible career move. This could, this could have a massive impact on that agent's career and it may just be how it was cut. We, we don't know. That. It is manufactured and I, and I acknowledge that. I just wanted to highlight that as much as that's a manufactured environment, it created a perfect example that the average Joe does need to be aware of, that homeowners, we all need to be aware of, yeah. that when it comes to auction, that limited buyer pool can mean, even in a market like what we're in right now, which is still growing. We talked on the last episode. It is still growing.
1: Yeah. Right? But if, you're, if you have a property where there is another five properties selling with similar, you know, recently done up,
2: and it's the same bedroom, the same buyer pool for all two, five properties.
1: Yep. Yep. All within the same, you know, yep. suburb. And it may be that one's a bit closer to a school than the than the other, but there's nothing like it's still 5 minutes yeah. away as opposed to a 2 minute walk. Like those types of things aren't a massive inconvenience for people. If you have that type of pool and you're going, "Oh, I'm going to go auction," that may not be the best option. Yeah, for and and, you. and I
2: think I think you know that's that's what we've seen is
1: thinking that you're going to get a bigger pool of fish yeah it, it, no,
2: no no you've you've just seen what fishing in the same pond over and over does yeah right um and i think that that is that is absolutely uh something that, that is highlighted by this this particular finale of the block
1: the other thing too is and and uh, i'm surprised that you didn't actually get this um is the fact that when it comes to marketing have a look as to within the block have a look who created the most amount of drama who who was the favorite 100 all of that now that comes down to marketing so if yeah. you've got the sweethearts or you've got the villains or whatever they have painted the, that particular couple to be right who's the one that's had the like yeah. the whole thing if it comes down to marketing, you cannot be surprised because, like I said, I am not one of those people that have watched the block. So I don't know what the the couple like Steph and Gian, what they were portrayed to be on the actual yeah. show itself. They could have been the underdogs that became popular, whatever it is, whatever their story is. If they clearly had the best type of marketing, Right. And like you have been saying, if you've done the right it type of marketing... might be episode coming up talking about that. It goes to show that marketing pays off in regards to selling a property. It, look,
2: it does. And the one the one point there that I would add to what you're saying, which also kind of counteracts what you're saying, is if you're on the block, the level of marketing that is occurring on the block on a, on a minute-by-minute basis, right, around the show and all the rest of it, around the contestants and the properties all of that. You cannot buy that kind of marketing. So there is actually no real reason for a property to flop, right? Unless they break one of the three cardinal rules, three cardinal rules. For those who are new to the podcast, we we cover them probably once every three episodes, price it right, market it. Well, make it easy to say yes, make it easy to purchase. Right. And, and, So unless they've broken one of those three rules or more than one, the level of marketing that is just by default around a reality TV show as popular as The Block means that those properties should never be passed in. Like, there should be amazing results.
1: Well, you've got one where they revealed the actual result. And that's it. And it didn't flop. So that's the reason why well, it, I'm like it, looking it, it at the last It sold above one. the
2: reserve, but and and that's the I'm thing. I'm looking they, at the you know, last
1: one, going, this doesn't make any sense. Exactly,
2: and and so it, it highlights, I think, the issues with that method of sale. And and look, we all get caught up in the drama. We all get caught up in the headlines and the sensationalism, and it's a lot of fun. And I get that, and I'm on board with that because let's all have fun in this I'm life. I'm
1: just looking at the numbers and just going, it doesn't make sense. But clearly, but it as is, someone who's been attached to the
2: industry for nearly 15 years. And has worked as an agent who's seen it and everything like that. And who has that logical, rational brain. I look at this and I go, there is a problem or or a risk that has just been exemplified on national TV with this format. Yeah. And that risk is what happens when you have a limited buyer pool. And by its very nature as a method of sale, auction limits your buyer pool. Mm. Now, If your buyers, the only people that are likely to buy your property are people that are cashed up, auction's probably okay. Yeah. But with the way prices are soaring, with the way that the market is, wouldn't you want those conditional buyers in to at least compete and drive up like if you were selling?
1: Well, I mean, this not, is this not necessarily not necessarily to drive up, but to you create be, options for you. It, yeah, because you may have it where, okay, yes, we know that with auction, we we have gone through it previously that you know you need to make sure that you've got your pest inspection and all of that type of thing done before actually yep. going and starting to bid and you know all the rest of it. But if you've got someone that rocks up on that day that has done their their pest that's still not a guarantee that they're going to even place a bid. Yeah. They may just be going, but I mean, that's, right, oh, let's, that's That's let's the same a with
2: any style, style of sale. Just, there's, uh, yeah, there's no right. guarantee you're going to get an offer no uh, matter what.
1: That's right. But at the same time, just because you've got four people standing out that have gone and done, if they look at it and go, no, nah, I'm happy to have gone and passed on the, you know, however much it is for a pest inspection, I'm happy to have wasted that money. I know that that property is not for me. You can still be passed up even if you've had people come through.
2: I mean that's that's yeah, but that's that's the same with any any type of sale. Yeah. Right? Like this is one of the reasons why private treaty negotiation it was some of the most common conditions are a building and pest. You've got 14 days to get it done. Something comes back on that building and pest you're not happy with, you can pull the contract. Yeah. So that 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 exists across every type of sale. Yeah. The the biggest issue here, and I and I keep harping on it and coming back to it, but the biggest issue here is we just saw on national TV what a limited buyer pool yeah. does and the risks of a limited buyer You're pool. You're
1: better off getting as many people... I mean, it's the same... It's an attention men- game. Yeah, exactly. It's an attention game. Exactly. It's getting... the you, you want people to buy your product, you need to get it in front of as many Absolutely. people as you it, possibly it's can. Almost,
2: it's almost like the marketers in us are coming through. Um,
1: <laughs> Who'd have thought? All JTM right.
2: time. What's what's our JTM?
1: Christmas gift list.
2: Awesome. Very quickly.
1: Nah, can't be done. Gee, to the fact, it can't be done.
2: Cool. Love it. Thanks for that middle <laughs> management response. Um,
1: <laughs> now I've thrown him off track. <laughs>
2: look, one of, one, of the reasons, one of the reasons I created Check My House Price was to help people make fully informed decisions when it came to selling their property. And, and things like auction, private treaty, the method of sale, what to reserve to set if you decide to go auction, all of that can be helped and, and you can be more fully informed by having a house price report Yes. prior to going to market. Yep. And, you know, the market right now, it's, we've never seen anything like it, mm. right? Coming out of a pandemic and, and all of the ups and downs and interest rate rises in a row and bang, bang, bang. It's, it's mental. Yeah, It's absolutely mental. And the prices keep going up. There is a supply and demand problem. So the only way, to truly understand and be able to make fully informed decisions is to get the information and the data. Yeah. And the best way to do that is a Check My House Price house price report. So you can grab yours from checkmyhouseprice.com.au. They're free and uh, they'll help you make the best possible decision when it comes to should you stay, should you go, and if you go, how high should you sell for.
1: And on that note... Let's get into a JTM,
2: <laughs> Christmas gifts.
1: So, am I doing the, the
0: intro for that Hint
2: one? Hit the intro. I like the intro. Let's
0: see which rabbit holes we're going down in December.
2: I don't care if I'm the only person on the planet who listens to those. I love them.
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> so Christmas is coming up.
2: How, how how many how many weeks we got before Christmas now? Uh, I need I don't to. I'll know. quickly Google uh, this because let's let's give everyone a heart attack.
1: Oh, or a panic attack. Whatever. Or, or a panic
2: attack. Yeah. <laughs> whatever yeah.
1: your preference is this Christmas.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think we have got an episode on um, on on. How to survive hosting family Christmas actually coming up. But uh, yeah, don't have
1: one.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Don't host, go to someone else's place, trash their house, and then go home. Yeah. Uh, There is six more weeks till Christmas.
0: La 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 la. And then I start
1: rocking back. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. All right. So get prepared. So um, let's talk about this list that you, you've given me. Well, we've, so we've, we've
2: put, to, we put together most of the stuff on that list. That was yeah, a joint effort. Yeah, um, yeah, it yeah. was a while back. We did an episode. I think it was 13 weeks out, 13 week Fridays till Christmas, I think is what we called it. Um, the JTM, we started talking about gifts live and then we went, hey, let's create a, a, a Christmas list. Mm. Obviously, we're not going to be able to get through the entire list. So I think what we will do is we'll put this list into a nice pretty PDF mm-hmm. and we'll pump it out with links so that anyone can download it. We'll, we'll figure out a website, put it in the, the podcast uh, comments for you, like in the in the description section. We'll put it on YouTube. We'll put it everywhere so that, that anyone who wants this list can download it. Yeah. Um, and, and that'll just be, you know, free of charge. Like, we're not, not going to charge for a Christmas list yeah. or anything like that. It's just so silly. you've got here um,
1: the Gifts for Dad Smokehouse Spice Set.
2: Yeah. Look, there's a bias there. Not every dad barbecues. Wait, I get you, that.
0: you?
2: You? But I love my spices and rubs because I barbecue every chance I get. I smoke every chance I get. Yeah. And smoking meat, that is, right? Not cancer sticks. Cancer sticks can, can take a long walk off a short pier. Um, but no, I, I smoke meat. In fact, we haven't had an oven because our oven busted, so we've been waiting on the replacement to arrive. And we've been... You know, any meat we've had to do has been smoked in the smoker and I've I've loved it. It's been good fun. It's
1: so, been good because I've actually had some time off and being able to do a little bit of extra more uh, extra more work. Extra more work. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> fair
2: fair cool. You and I split the cooking duties fifty fifty.
1: We we do. Um I do the veg ship. Uh, I can't even I, <laughs> I just can't today.
2: Do you need do you need wine for this episode? It, no. Like last <laughs> <while>? <laughs>
1: too hard life's too like, hard i've got another bottle of
2: smidge if you really want uh, no, no no no
1: no um, so well on that note smidge
2: is a great christmas gift yeah
1: yeah absolutely smidge wines the um, the fantastical winemaker matt wank, wank yeah yeah and he's beautiful beautiful but,
2: but you know what what all uh, like everyone wines. is getting getting for christmas from us
1: what fortified wine? their fortified musket and also a a, a tub of ice cream.
2: No, <laughs> no, I was just going to give models of wine. I'm keeping the musket for myself. All oh, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, but yeah, no. Look, I think the the spices for Dad. Like, yeah. if your Dad's into barbecue, loves his barbecue, loves his meat. Um, you know, I'm I'm especially passionate about that. Look, and and they they make the joke that. Once a man turns 35, he either gets really into barbecue, into, really into World War II, really into golf, or really into having his grass perfect. And for me, I was always into World War II from the time I was about six, but I got really into barbecue. I don't mind playing golf, I but I got really into barbecue. So obviously I'm going to go, hey, great gift for dad, the smokehouse spices, I think. And, and it's not too exy. I mean, what's the price on it there? Like, it's, it's,
1: I don't know. It should be pulling up. Click, click, the link.
2: Click the link. There's like a heap of spices. Like it's awesome. Look at you trying to navigate a computer no, like it's it, 1981. It's
1: stupid. Like Outlook. Like it just decides that I'm going to do. It's 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 crap. I don't like it. Um. What? Here we go. Okay. Redirecting.
2: A beach to it. Fifty five dollars. No, I've
1: got it up on screen. How how okay question how can he tell me that he beat me to it when he's not looking at my screen?
2: I answered the, my own question before you did. That's how I beat you to it because I got to the answer first. Um there's 20 different spices in there. Uh grill seasoning rubs gift set includes chili garlic italian seasoning, cayenne spice rub and Oh there is 20. a
1: frequently bought together. That looks pretty cool.
2: Oh that's 180 bucks. That's the charcuterie board is on our list.
0: As that'll, there that'll be should out. be a charcuterie yeah. <gasps> board.
2: It's a hot sauce collection plus the spice rub plus the charcuterie board. Yeah, for a hundred ha- for hundred and eighty bucks.
1: Like that looks pretty amazing. That looks
2: pretty good. We'll so, in, we'll include that. Um, we'll link to that and include that on the um. Yeah. Yep. Yes, we video. will. So that's that's awesome. Um. So that's it's, Dad.
1: Yep. And then for Mum, T two. <laughs> Just be there, careful which one you give her. There, There is a story behind this. I yeah. was not having a really good run with sleep. Like literally, I think there had been a week there where I was getting between three, maybe four hours. Now, just so that uh, people understand, I don't have any small babies. So having having that amount of sleep through the night did not make any sense. Not good for health. So, needed to do something about it. He decided that, you know, I'll do something nice for her. I've See, gone, I do do things I've nice. Gone to Carindale. I am
2: considerate. to meet think up, about her.
1: To meet up with some of the amazing people at REIQ and popped into T2 and was talking to the lovely ladies there at Westfield Carondale. And they were like, oh, try try this one for her. You never know.
2: The T2 dreamer tea Dreamer
1: tea it is called Dreamer tea comes in a blue box, amazing for the mums out there. I had it and I was like, oh this is this is actually quite nice." And within I would say about twenty minutes of having said tea, I was like, oh, I'm feeling really tired." And I went to bed. And it was probably about eight thirty, but I'd been doing that and still getting up at you know at eleven o'clock, being like, "Okay, let's do this." Yeah. yeah. And the rest of the house. At eleven being o'clock quiet. at night, she was waking yeah. up. Yeah. And um, I slept through, and he came into the bedroom and was just like, "You were gone. Like you were so gone." Woke up the next morning and I was like, "Wow, that was amazing." Meanwhile, his eyes are hanging out of his head, just going. You I was uh, shut up. Like, he was snoring so bad. Like, I'm so tired. It was like she
2: was soaring down one of those protected redwoods that's like a thousand years old. Like, it was just non-stop. I was
1: serenading him of the sleeping. Oh. It was glorious. Anyway, so the next night I said to him, do you want one of these teas? Like, it's really good. And he's like, do you know what? That would be amazing if, you know, I've got this important <laughs> meeting that I have to have. So make it for me and, you know, I'll sip it. So it'll give me time to get it into my system. Anyway, he's there. And luckily it was with people that, you know, was in the businesses and knew that he had been tired. And anyway, he's like, I'm sorry, fellas. I'm going to have to go to bed. I was falling
2: asleep. I was (laughs) nodding off mid-sentence at the keyboard, right? And the next day... The next day,
1: he he was like, oh, I I've feel- gone.
2: I've got to see what's in this tea." And I said, "How much did you give me?" And she's like, "Oh, about six teaspoons or something like."
1: No, well, I used it for the both of us, so I was just like, oh, "I'll give him some, and I'll give me yeah. some. I'll put it all, in, <laughs> all, all in the one, one and up up being about six teaspoons." You read
2: on the back, and it's like, "Do not use any more than like two teaspoons it does at not once say or something." Do not like. use. Well, it's, it's like it said, you know, it
1: says that the you know recommended, recommended dose. The recommended way of you know, serving said tea is three to four teaspoons. No, it was one to two. In a... You, so in she a dosed RV. me with
2: three times the amount. It wasn't uh, just
1: him. It was me too. Like and, I, got and I, I
2: I passed out and slept like a log. And then you find the active ingredient is valerian,
1: yeah,
2: uh, which will do a fantastic job of relaxing you and, and knocking you out. Um, but highly recommend it for helping parents, particularly mums, get much oh, yeah. needed sleep when they're struggling. Yes. And I think I think it's a great Christmas gift for mum. Just make sure she reads the dosage instructions on the back of the box. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. So yes. I like I think it, it, I slept
2: for 15 hours that night. It was oh, I was out. It, it was, I was amazing.
1: I, all all I do have to say is use it sparingly because you don't want to be like this stuff doesn't work for me anymore. So yeah. but at the same time I can guarantee that I slept and I slept good.
2: Mm, mm. Um, check the active ingredients. Make sure you don't have any allergies with it. Yeah, particularly being with valerian, it's they, they use it in pharmaceuticals as well. So just yeah. just double check that, of course. But I think yeah, for for helping mum get some much needed sleep. Yeah, ha oh, it's a good one.
1: Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. Uh, the next one is for teenage son. You've got here Red Dragon Gaming yes. Mouse. Yes,
2: this is awesome. So, I mean, look. There's no secret teenage boys love video games. And if they're on PC and playing video games on PC, then they'll be wanting gaming mouses, gaming keyboards, all this sort of stuff. And the leading uh, brand in this space is something called Razer. And Razer gear is insanely expensive. And I've got to be honest, I've, I've got both Razer and Red Dragon. And I don't actually think... Cause the Razer, the Razer mouse, like wireless gaming mouse with all the buttons under your thumb and everything like that... Oh, I
1: hate these is, is the now. I love
2: them because for gaming, they're great. But they're about 170 bucks just for the mouse. Whereas the Red Dragon gaming mouse is about 65 I think it shows there, right? 68 Sixty eight ninety nine. 68 99 there you go. And there is not a $100 difference in quality, capability and usage between those two mice. And so when I looked at it and I thought about it and I went, particularly teenage boys, they're pretty hard on their computing gear, right? And their gaming gear. And the last thing as a parent you want to be doing is replacing a $200 mouse every six to 12 months. Mm. But I mean, I've had my my Red Dragon one for two years now. And I've had my Razer for two years and I've had less problems with the Red Dragon than I have with the Razer. And I would highly recommend it for kids who game on PC so your teenage boys but teenage girls as well so anyone who's gaming on the PC I think it is a fantastic option um and and as a like a quality product that you're not paying top dollar for because the top dollar one is like it's good but it has its problems mm. and and when you look at it and go well it's going to have its problems it it doesn't have the same like its durability comes into question you read the reviews and you see that there are certain issues with it um why would you spend 170 bucks when you can get 95% of the same quality durability capability for 70 bucks yeah and so that's why i put it on that list cuz i just thought it's a fantastic stocking stuffer as yeah. well for that teenage and son it,
1: and they do or girl or whatever. girl absolutely um they do have a few different colors there as well the white one, I personally, I look at white mice and I'm just like... Well, yeah, I you're going to get not, sweaty
2: hands gaming on it.
1: Well, I just look at it and just go, oh, it's,
2: it's not, it's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be
1: pretty. Yeah. Then there is a, what colour is that?
2: I don't know, I'm trying to load it.
1: It just says black, but it looks like there's red or it oh, might be... Oh, it's got almost. LEDs,
2: you mean that color?
1: Not that one. There's another slimline kind of looking one.
2: Oh, there's the yeah. So the one I the one I recommend getting is the M nine one three. Um, the the white one I wouldn't recommend. Like there's a slimline black one there. That's that. Have a look I at mean, them. I mean,
1: it also comes down to I suppose the slimline would be better if you've got smaller hands. Yeah. Like I can tell you right now that when I use his, I feel like my hand is like a claw. Um, I do find it really odd. Um. So if you the do other, have a smaller person, I suppose the slim line would be better. Yes. Or yeah.
2: The other thing that they get brought together is they have like a gaming pad that's like a mini keyboard that's ergonomic to sit under your hand. So you've got all your movement keys and weapon keys and everything like that under your left hand while your right hand's you know, using the mouse and, and yeah. it has the buttons. Um, and those together are about $141, $142 delivered. Yeah. Um, those little game pads, I've been using them as a gamer since... 2005 so nearly 20 years and i won't play a game on the pc without it uh they're they're amazing and and they're all the keys are programmable and stuff like that so um for the gamer in your life whether and we've said teenage boy because that's the typical but girls are gaming more and more than ever parents are gaming yeah all the rest of it for the gamer in your life uh it's it's an absolutely fantastic option for them highly recommend
1: so and then we've got teenage daughter but it doesn't this one I feel doesn't even have to be a teenage daughter no. it can be your mum your dad teenage it looked, boy it can be look teenage our teenage daughter, daughters who is really hard going to buy for 10 I can tell you right now she, she would, would like even it. love this yeah. Oh sorry I was just a bit the um so <laughs> Um so, <laughs> so someone
2: picked up your cage and just shook it.
1: Um, so um, when it comes to the next one, the teenage daughter, this is the JBL. Um, what do you call it?
2: Bluetooth speaker. Yeah, Bluetooth
1: yeah. speaker. So it's for everyone. There is the camouflage one and the white one are a dollar more as opposed to the blue Black and pink. Yeah,
2: they they don't think you can see the price increase with the camo.
1: <laughs> yeah, like a whole dollar. Mm. Uh, look out. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, so this is something that would have to be, I would recommend for anyone that enjoys listening to things. I mean, the,
2: the beautiful thing about the gifts with lifters for teenagers, really they can be for anyone. It's not really gender specific. Like, it's oh, it's for right. the gamer, That's, it's for the music lover, you know,
1: I've just had a look here and they've got like a package that they normally b- buy together, but it's a hard case. So you can get a hard case for, cause it is a portable speaker. So I would, um, you know, if you've got a teenager who likes to be on the go while they're listening, I reckon that would be a pretty good little package. That yep. is seven ninety nine, and, um, yeah, it fits perfectly in there. Yeah. But, um,
0: we, yeah, we've, like, we've
2: got a few different gifts in that on that list. Um, we'll, we'll publish the whole list. We've covered some of them in the previous apps. We'll add some more to it uh, before we publish it so you got there's a there's a huge sort of selection for you yeah. to choose from and, and find gifts that you like uh, and of course it can get delivered in time in Australia. Yeah in there is
1: well. also the um, and we have this. if you're looking at having a little bit a little bit pricier one, that would be the Wonder boom. Um, we have them here in our house and they are quite decent so if you do have that little bit extra otherwise there is another one here um, that I do have people who have had it um, and that's the NCAR Soundcore Mini portable speaker those are thirty nine ninety nine. so it all depends on what what your budget is, but I can definitely say that speakers, i um, a, a go if you've got someone wanting Music to lover. listen to stuff. Yep. yep.
2: Absolutely. And that brings us to, to the end of our time for today. Mm. So does. I guess, you know, we'll, we'll see you in the next step.
1: Peace out.